Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. That it is. Hello everyone, welcome in to the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. Welcome into the big 3-0, episode 30. We got going, and we got a good one for you. The most factual podcast in the world here on Wednesday, August 25th. Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you want to support the Xander's Facts Podcast, if you like all the facts, then remember, click that follow button, download, rate, review Xander's Facts Podcast, and then go on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them, Xander's Facts, like, subscribe, whatever. That's Xander with a Z. And most importantly, as you all know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you gotta spread the facts. Tell all your friends, Xander's Facts Podcast. Tell them all. And if you haven't listened to any of our past episodes, or if you missed one, go back and listen to them, because we got a bunch of good ones in the past. Like last week, we talked about politics. But this week, we're not talking about politics. How about that? We're talking all sports. And we're talking all one sport. Because ladies and gentlemen, we are in the end of August now. And it is that time of the year for some good old smash mouth, hard nose tackle, American football. That's right. American football. We've got it all covered this week Ugh. on the Zero's Facts Podcast because it is the beginning of our special two-part episode of the Zander's Facts Podcast dedicated to football season previews. As I said, this week we've got college football. Next week we've got the pros and the NFL. We're going to talk about all the football you can dream of these next two weeks. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Because now we're off the football grind, and now we're on the football grind. Hard smash mouth, nose tackle, whatever, American football. And this week, we are focusing solely on the collegiate athletes, the NCAA, college football. It is Xander's 2021 in 2022 college football season preview. Here we go. What a time to be alive. So, with that, let's get started on the season preview because last year, the 2020 season was kind of a mess. It was full of COVID, as was everything. There were cancellations, postponements, crazy schedules. Some teams only had conference only seasons. It was terrible. But this year, even though we've still got COVID and it's still pretty bad. This year looks to bring college football back to normal. Really? And this season, you'll be ready to know everything that's going on because Xander is here. I'm here to help guide you through this college football season with everything you need to know before the season begins. It actually begins pretty soon. So we're going to talk about it. Technically, it gets underway this weekend with week Zero. Oh, some big games. I think Hawaii's playing this weekend. Woo! It's true. Not so much big games. However, the big games start next week. Labor Day weekend. Week one, college football. We got some huge matchups, including Georgia and Clemson. That's the top five matchup Saturday night next week. That's, we're going to talk about that next week. I'm going to be making weekly predictions here on Xander's Facts. No, no, not! But first, we're going to start, we're going to go by conference here. So, 
We're going to start with the greatest conference in the history of college, athletics, anything. The Atlantic Coast Conference. The ACC! One of the best. So, That's not true. This year, things are looking a little different for the ACC. Not just on the field, but off the field. Because for the first time since 1996, John Swafford is no longer the commissioner of the ACC. The new commissioner of the ACC is former Northwestern Athletic Director Jim Phillips, who's entering his first year as commissioner of the ACC. And second, last year, Notre Dame was in the conference for football. The first time they have ever been in a conference for football because of COVID, and they would have had a really tough time scheduling people if they weren't in the conference. So now, they're not in the conference anymore. They said, see ya, because they're losers, Notre Dame. Quit whining. First, let's start in the Atlantic Division, which has been Clemson-owned for nearly a decade. They have won the division six years in a row. But they lose their quarterback this year. Trevor Lawrence is gone. Uh Uh-oh. So could things? I don't know. Because this year's starter, DJ Ogulale, he started against Notre Dame last year. They lost that game, but it was a close game. It was pretty good. Travis Etienne is also gone. They've got more of a committee for running backs this year, and their defensive line might be the best in the country, but their secondary might be the issue, though. It was a mess against Ohio State last year in the college football playoff semifinal. That might be an issue. And their biggest game of the year is week one in Charlotte. As I said, against Georgia, the Bulldogs. If they win that game, they're probably just going to go straight through to the playoff. They, they won't care because they don't have many other opponents. But we'll see what happens with Clemson. There's some other teams in the Atlantic, though, like the Wolfpack of NC State. They went 4-8 and eight last year. They went 8-4. Eight and four. The year before that, and before 2019, NC State had won between seven and nine games for five straight years under their head coach, Dave Dorian. They've got 18 starters returning, including their breakout linebacker, Peyton Wilson. Jordan Poole is a freshman, another name at linebacker. Their defense, probably going to be pretty good, but of course they're in the Atlantic, so they have to face Clemson. And also Carolina and Miami, that's going to be rough. They also have to go on the road to face Florida State and Mississippi State. I don't know about NC State this year, but Boston College was a surprise of the Atlantic last year. They went 6-5, and but they held with Clemson all year long, and it was head coach Jeff Halfley's first year, along with the breakout of Notre Dame transfer quarterback Phil Dracovic. It was his first year, too, and they, at times, looked really good. The defense saw a small improvement, but the offense saw a major improvement improvement and they've got a simple non-conference slate they do have to play missouri at home but they've got a tame acc slate the exception so they've got to go to clemson louisville and georgia tech but a couple bounces their way boston college could be a sleeper Uh, maybe original last year for wake forest was not very good they went four and five but they had an impressive 2019 in fact they won seven or more games in each season under 2016 under their head coach Dave Glosson, they returned freshman quarterback Sam Hartman, who threw for 429 yards against Carolina and led four 40-point games last year for them. But they've got a lot of questions elsewhere. They're returning almost everyone, though, but it was COVID-riddled slop fest. It was the best last year. So they've got to go to Clemson, Chapel Hill, and Chestnut Hill, Boston College. But, uh, you know, don't expect much from Wake Forest next year, as per usual. Even though they did pretty well, I don't know. We'll see. Louisville, though, 
did not do well either last year. They had a dynamite first year under head coach Scott Satterfield, but they took another sophomore slump. They went 4-7 and seven last year. They won eight games back in 2019. It's the truth. And while they improved in both their offensive and defensive metrics from 2019 to 2020, they went from eight wins to four. So they do return their quarterback, Malik Cunningham, but his top receivers and running back are gone. The defense is inexperienced. It's going to be rough. They may improve on four wins from last year, but I wouldn't expect too much. They get Clemson, Kentucky, and UCF at home. All three of those games are going to be rough for Louisville. For Florida State, though, oh, the Knolls, they, they've been a mess. They have faced a death spiral the last few years. How'd that go? I mean, they averaged 11.8 wins per season from 2012 to 2016, and they won the championship back in 2013. But it's been a mess. They've gone 21-26 and 26 under Jimbo Fishers last year, then Willie Taggart, and now Mike Norvell is their head coach. But one bright spot last year was quarterback Jordan Travis. He did struggle. He only had a 55% completion rate. But the Knowles averaged 32 points per game in games he was the primary QB and 15 points per game in games he was not. Fact! We'll see. They look for improvement, but they probably face the toughest schedule in the league. They've got to go on the road to Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida. And then they host Miami and Notre Dame. But the Notre Dame game is Labor Day Sunday night, so week one. So we'll see. If they can win that game, they might get a jolt of energy. But if not, things might not be looking so good for Florida State. And last in the Atlantic is Syracuse. They finished second two years ago in the Atlantic with a 10-3 and record. I think they beat Clemson one of those years. But last year they won one game. They lost 10. And it's clear that their head coach, Dina Babers, is on one of the hottest seats in the country. I mean, there's really nothing to talk about. They're at, they had their best team since Donovan McNabb was their quarterback back in 2018. But last year was just a mess. I think they'll win at least two games. They've got the chances but I think they'll get rid of their head coach. How about that? Sanders Facts. Now, Sanders Facts? That's the Atlantic. Let's head over to the Coastal right now because Coastal Chaos may be ready to set in once again because in the last seven years of divisions in the ACC, not last year, though, they didn't have divisions, each team in the Coastal has won the division once. Who will win it twice? We'll see. Could it be Miami? Oh, the 14th ranked Hurricanes. Are they back? Yikes! They might be. They were looking pretty good last year after losses to Carolina and Oklahoma State at the end of the year. So we'll see. They return almost everyone, though, including the quarterback, Derek King. But they face Alabama in week one, first game of the season in Atlanta. If they perform well, they don't have to win. If they perform well, that could be you know, decent for them because they'll have to go on the road to face Florida State, Pittsburgh, and Carolina. And that Carolina game could be the one that decides Coastal. That's a big game. And speaking of Carolina, they're a popular Coastal favorite and ACC champion sleeper pick. Champion over Clemson. Like, you know, they're number 10 in the poll. They're looking pretty good. Their head coach enters year three, Mac Brown, in his second stint at Carolina. Their quarterback returns, Sam Howell. He's an early season Heisman favorite. He's thrown 7,227 yards in the last two years. The defense was a weak point, however, last year, but they've got almost everyone returning, and they're a projected favorite in all their games this year. But they start out with a banger. Week one in Blacksburg, you know it. Lane Stadium, it's going to be rocking against Virginia Tech. We'll see if that can happen. Week one, Friday night. And then they also welcome Miami to Chapel Hill, but they have to go on the road to South Bend. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For Pittsburgh, though, ever since they've joined the ACC, they've been looking constantly for upsets. Like back in 2017, 
Kenny Pickett is their quarterback. He's a fr- he was a freshman. He led a major upset of Clemson in Death Valley, but things have not panned out as well since then. They haven't been able to put together a season with more than eight wins under their head coach, Pat Narduzzi. And the defense was the focal point last year, but they lost their top two defensive ends and safeties. But there is experience stepping up to the plate. We'll see if they have success. The offense returns almost everyone, but they did struggle last year. That may be an issue. They get UNC, Miami, and Clemson at home. Those are tough opponents. They probably won't beat this, but they also go on the road to face Virginia Tech. And in week two, they face Tennessee. Slow down there. Speaking of, oh, the greatest team in the history of football, the Virginia Tech Hokies, even though they've never won a national championship, but they've been to one. They started 4-2 and two last year, but they ended 1-4, and four, including a loss at home to Liberty. It was rough. This early success for Justin Fuente, their head coach, has worn off. He's in year six now. He's on the hot seat. He almost got fired last year. But this year, quarterback Braxton Burmeister started five games last year. He's got a full offseason under his belt. Comes in as the clear starter. And they start the season. They start their first seven games. Six of those are at home. I mean, how about that? They host Carolina Week 1, as I said, and Notre Dame in October. But they also have to go on the road to face West Virginia, uh, Morgantown, and Miami. How about that? And Virginia, which, I don't know. But we'll talk about Virginia because last year for them was definitely a digression. They went 5-5, five and five, but in 2019, they won the Coastal. They beat Virginia Tech for the first time since 2003. They went 8-9-5, and five, but they definitely struggled last season. Their quarterback, Brendan Armstrong, he returns as the starter, however, and his top three targets and top running back all return along with the offensive line, but the defense is going to be the question. They've struggled mightily over the last few years, and they get a monster road slate. They have to go to Miami, Carolina, BYU, Pittsburgh, and Louisville, but they do get Tech and Notre Dame at home. But for Georgia Tech, it's the third season for Jeff Collins, the head coach at Georgia Tech, and it may be time for a jump. They had that option offense under Paul Johnson, who was their head coach. That's gone now. It's year three, and they've had a young offense last year. Maybe be time for a jump. We'll see. Starts out easy, the season does, but then week three comes around. They have to go to Clemson. They also have to go to Miami, Notre Dame, and Virginia, but they do get Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Georgia at home. And finally, in the ACC, it's the Duke Blue Devils. They enjoyed their longest run of sustained success under head coach David Cutcliffe since Sonny Jurgensen was their quarterback back in the 1960s. Who? They played poorly recently, and things don't look good for the Blue Devils as they try to gain momentum. Their offense struggles. Their defense struggles. It's all not good because they've got to go to Chapel Hill first week of October. They have to go to Blacksburg and Charlottesville and Virginia, and then they welcome Pitt, Miami, and Louisville to Durham. Don't expect much from Duke. David Cutcliffe, it might be time for him to uh, hang it up. We'll see. But that's the ACC. But let's make some picks for the ACC because it's pretty easy in the Atlantic. Clemson. But watch out for Boston College. They buy sleeper number two, definitely. But in the Coastal, it's probably going to come down to that Miami-UNC game on October 16th. And I will say, Miami is the most complete team. They'll win that game. They'll come down with the Coastal crown. So the ACC championship game, Clemson-Miami, Clemson. I mean, cakewalk, okay? They'll win their seventh straight ACC championship. This makes absolutely no sense. ACC stands for all Clemson conference, just to let you know. Now let's hopefully speed things up and let's go to the Big 12 because it's been a wild offseason for the Big 12. Texas and Oklahoma said they're leaving, but they're still there. So the other eight members in the Big 12, even though it's called Big 12, they've got 10 members. They might be out for vengeance. So we'll see. 
Let's start, though, with the regular season champions last year. The Iowa State Cyclones are seventh in the preseason poll. That's pretty good. They returned their quarterback, Brock Purdy, the nation's leading rusher. They've got weapons all over the place, and they've got the big tests in week two when they meet up with their state rival and fellow preseason top 25 team, Iowa, who's 18th, and they also get Texas and Oklahoma State at home. And they're a popular sleeper pick, not only in the Big 12, but also for the college football playoff. We'll get to that college football playoff. Oklahoma is in there too. Oklahoma's going to Oklahoma. I mean, what could you say? They've got Spencer Rattler. He's their quarterback. Oklahoma's probably going to roll. And they've got no major non-conference opponents, so that's going to let them cruise until they play Texas or Oklahoma State. They might notice a surge in one of those. Deal with it! Oklahoma State finished in the top 20 last year. They did so despite troubles with their offense, and they've got all their top three playmakers on offense gone. And the inconsistency was definitely trouble last year. But they've stayed a top Big 12 contender ever since Mike Gundy was hired in 2005. They do have some road tests, Iowa State, Texas, West Virginia, but they get Bedlam at home against Oklahoma. So it could be another solid season if they get a few bounces their way, but they're going to need some help because their offense is kind of... But for Texas, they failed to live up to expectations under their former head coach, Tom Herman. He's gone now. Steve Sarkeesian's their head coach. He gets another chance. That fan base wants winning. And we'll see. Eh, probably won't happen this year. Because they face Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. They have to go on the road to face Iowa State, TCU, and Arkansas. While they get Oklahoma State and Louisiana at home. And Louisiana, who's in the Sun Belt, is a preseason top 25 team. It's going to be a little rough in the first year for Sarkeesian in Texas, just to let you know. But a popular sleeper pick, actually, this year in the Big 12 is TCU. They actually reached the Big 12 championship in 2017, but ever since then, they've been around 500. But they've got experience, and that could put them over the top, especially under their longtime head coach, Gary Patterson. But they've got to go to Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma, and that's probably going to eliminate any sleeper status they could get. Unless they can win... One or two or three of those, if they can. I don't know about TCU. Yeah, we'll see. But spitting the truth, they do go home against West Virginia. West Virginia did better than expected last year under their first-year head coach Neil Brown. They went six and four, and the defense definitely stepped up. But they've got a difficult schedule this year. They go on the road. They face Oklahoma, Maryland, and TCU on the road. They face Iowa State, Texas, and Oklahoma State at home, and they renew their rivalry, as I said, with Virginia Tech at home. So West Virginia, they might try to improve, but Mountaineers, For Kansas State, though, it was a tough second year last season for their head coach, Chris Kleiman. They had plenty of issues on both sides of the ball. It was an absolute mess for Kansas State. They did find a star, though, in their freshman running back to his fawn, and their six-year quarterback, Skylar Thompson. If he's healthy... He's got the experience. We'll see. But if they get tripped up against Stanford or Nevada earlier in the season. Terrible. They've got some tough Big 12 games. They've got Oklahoma State and Texas on the road. Oklahoma, Iowa State, and West Virginia at home. It's probably going to be rough for Kansas State. As well as Texas Tech. Because it just hasn't been the same, really, since Patrick Mahomes left Texas Tech. And they weren't even that good when Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech, like, it's kind of an issue. The offense has not been good. They've got a third-year head coach, Matt Wells, looking to reset, bringing in a bunch of transfers. 
They have an easy non-conference slate. They do have a home matchup against Houston, though. But the Big 12 slate, though, they've got home games against Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Baylor. But they've got to get a Norman, Austin, and Morgantown. And that's probably going to hold them back this year. The Red Raiders! Not this year. So sad. We've got Baylor, who went 11-3 and in 2019. They were rolling. But last year, they fell to just 2-7. and seven. They got a new head coach, Dave Aranda. And the defense stepped back in a big way. So did the offense. And it's probably going to take a while for the, both the offense and the defense to find a groove. Like, I'm talking years. Stinger. So, uh, they get Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Texas at home. But that's probably, they've got too many shortcomings on the roster. It's just, Baylor's not going to be very well. Good. Nice try, buddy. Kansas isn't going to be very good either because they didn't win any games last year. Their quarter coach, Les Miles, got fired because he didn't do anything good anyway. He had some other extracurricular activities too, which were pretty bad. Get that out of here. So now they've got a new head coach in Lance Leopold from Buffalo. And he, that was a total gut job at Buffalo. It's going to be a total gut job at Kansas. But I will give you a prediction. They will win at least one game. Xander's facts. Hold me to it. If they don't win more than one game, it's going to be bad news. Cool facts, bro. That's the 10 teams in the Big 12. So, for the Big 12 championship game, I will make the bold prediction and say that it's Iowa State and Oklahoma, because they're the two best teams in the conference by far. And Iowa State's going to win it. Yeah, okay. What did I say? They're going to win their first conference championship since 1912. How about that? Xander's facts. Now let's get to the Big Ten, where it is basically Ohio State and everyone else. A Big Ten team hasn't won the college football playoff since Ohio State did it back in 2014. And before that, the last time they won a national championship was 2002. That was Ohio State, too. So will this be the year that they return to the top. What are you implying? Ohio State thinks so, and they're the Big Ten East, and we're going to start in the Big Ten East, because Ohio State, they made another trip to the college football playoff championship game. They got beat up by Alabama, but they wouldn't get back there. But they don't have their quarterback, Justin Fields. He's with the Bears now in Chicago. So now, C.J. Strood is their starter. He's a redshirt freshman. However, he's got one of the best supporting casts in the league, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are wide receivers. Master Teague, the third at running back. A great O-line. It's Ohio State. What are you going to say? And they've got the first two weeks, they do have some tough tests on the road at Minnesota to start the year. Then they have a home game against Oregon. They can win those two. They can get ready for Big Ten play because then they've got to face Penn State and Michigan State at home. But they face Indiana and Michigan on the road. It definitely won't be easy for Ohio State, but eh, it's Ohio State. They'll they'll be fine. What do you say? Last year, though, the surprise in the Big Ten was probably Indiana. They were insane. They're 17th in the poll now. They almost upset Ohio State in Columbus. They finished 12th in the poll, even after their star quarterback tore his ACL. They do have a brutal non-conference slate, though. They start with Iowa, who's 18th, Then they face Cincinnati, who's ranked 8th in Week 3. They do get Ohio State at home. That might be a good one. But they have Michigan and Penn State on the road. And after last season's hype, I'm going to make the prediction. Eh, Don't expect much from the Hoosiers. Expect to be let down. I'll say that. Sick burn! And last year, for Penn State, oh boy. They, They had a rough time. They're 19th in the poll for some reason. 
But things went downhill fast. They lost to Indiana in the season opener. They started last year with five straight losses, but they ended the year with four straight wins. They've got a new offensive coordinator this year, so it might be a new system. And Penn State should definitely bounce back from last year. They were 4-5, and five, but they drew some tough luck this year. They start out with Wisconsin on the road. They also have to go to Iowa, Ohio State, and Maryland. And they face Auburn, Indiana, and Michigan at home. They face Auburn. Uh, Penn State probably shouldn't be ranked 19th. I don't think so. And in, for Maryland last year, inconsistency was the big word for head coach Mike Loxley. They had five games that they played last year, only five. They had a big win against Penn State, but they also lost to Rutgers. And then they lost to Northwestern by 40. Northwestern went to the championship game, but they lost to them by 40. It was kind of rough. And their quarterback's name is Tagovailoa. Talia Tagovailoa, the younger brother of you-know-who. Tua! Overrated! So we'll see if the offense can get anything done. They open at home against West Virginia, and if they win that game, that could be momentum creating, leading into a big, big ten slate, beginning in October, that begins at home against Iowa, away at Ohio State, at Minnesota, home against Indiana, and then with Penn State. Things are going to be rough for Maryland this year. And amazingly, last year, it was Rutgers who finished ahead of the two Michigan teams in the division. Quick facts! And last year also marked the return of their head coach, Greg Schiano. That definitely brought some momentum. They took Michigan to three overtimes. They beat Maryland, Michigan State, and Purdue. I mean, okay. They, they have to face Ohio State at home. They, face, they go at Michigan. They do face Wisconsin, Indiana, and Penn State back-to-back-to-back weeks. They could have a surprise win, but I wouldn't expect that much from Rutgers, or as much as you would expect from Rutgers, because they're Rutgers. Give them a break. Come on. Hold on a minute. But after several seasons of not getting over the Ohio State hump, Michigan could barely get over any team last year. It's been a rough ride for head coach Jim Harbaugh. He's had some great teams but he hasn't been able to go get over Ohio State, and they went two for four last year. A lot of people wanted him fired. He's back, and we'll see what happens. They've got a tough game against Washington in Week 2, but they don't face Wisconsin or Michigan, their toughest opponents, until later in the year. They have to go there, and then they face Indiana at Ohio State at home. If they can find a quarterback, which can lead them into the right situation, that could lift them into the conversation, but... I mean, they don't know really who their quarterback's going to be right now, so. Too bad. And finally, in the East, it was a rough year for Michigan State. They have been sliding since Mark D'Antonio retired. Mel Tucker's their new head coach. It's been a horror show. I mean, Michigan State's going to be bad this year. I'll just say that. That's the East. To the West, where a surprise team was the one who took the division last year, it was Northwestern who won the division, even though they're not ranked in the preseason poll this year because they've got a bunch of inconsistent pieces on offense, and a bunch of those aren't there who were inconsistent last year, and the ones who are there now are, we don't even know. The defense is probably going to have too much turnover. It's going to be a lack of inexperience for Northwestern. They're going to be a mess. For Iowa, they're ranked 18th, and they have embraced the rough Big Ten style of play, rumble-tumble, football, old school. And it's worked for them. They've done pretty well, but they have to face... I mean, the start of the year is really rough. They face Indiana at home, who's ranked 17th. Then they go to Ames in Iowa to face Iowa State, who's ranked 7th. 
They welcome Penn State in October. They have to go to Madison, Wisconsin at the end of the month. If they want to have a chance at the college football playoff, which they probably won't. Need some ice for that sick burn. But they need to start out strong. For Wisconsin, though, last year was a disappointment. They went 4-3. and three. They're ranked 12th of the preseason poll this year. They return their quarterback, Graham Mertz, from last year. He's going to be a sophomore and returns his top skill players. The offense is going to look better. The defense is amazing. I don't know. But they're not going to be championship caliber quite yet, and it'll be a tough start. They start week one against Penn State. They play Notre Dame in week three. They play Michigan and then Iowa. They'll be better than last year, but they probably still won't be where Badger fans want them to be, which is national championship. Galloper, Wisconsin. Good to know. For Minnesota, they had a breakout 2019 year. They won 11 games for the first time since 1904. That's a fact. But they went three and four last year. It was kind of rough. They lose. They return almost everyone, though, including Tanner Morgan. They lose Rashad Bateman, who was their first round wide receiver. So they should be better. And it's probably going to be smooth sailing. After the first week of the season, they play Ohio State at home first week of the season, Thursday night. But after that, they don't face any ranked teams. Iowa, Indiana on the road. They finish with Wisconsin at home. That's at the end of the year. So they should be able to pull their weight. But if they don't get a jump in the defense, they probably won't be contenders. So the same for Nebraska. They have Nebraska and Purdue. You could basically lump them in because... They've both struggled under their head coaches. Purdue, they were pretty good. I mean, they beat Ohio State back in 2018 pretty good. They've struggled. Nebraska struggled for a while. It's been rough. Those two teams probably shouldn't do anything. And this year, for Illinois, lastly, they get a new head coach in Brett Belima because Lovey Smith wasn't working out in Illinois. So now they've got a new head coach. We'll see. They'll only be favorite in four games, and two of those are going to be Rutgers and Northwestern. So... Don't expect much from Illinois. Thanks goodness that's over. Well, that's the Big Ten. But let's make some predictions, Zaders. Facts. So, in the East, no one's going to be able to challenge Ohio State because Indiana's not going to be that great. Ohio State's going to win. In the West, it's probably going to be Iowa and Wisconsin battling it out. But I think Iowa's defense has the most talent out of any side in the West, and that should put them over the top. Big Ten championship game, Ohio State. There you go. I mean, are they? is Iowa going to beat them? I don't think so. Ohio State in the Big Ten. That's Zaders Facts. Three conferences down, two to go. Finally, thank goodness, Pac-12, the Power 5 conference that has gone the longest without winning the college football championship game. It has been rough. They haven't won it since 2004, USC. That was a fact. And even though they have five teams ranked in the preseason poll, probably not of them championship caliber but let's start in the north the pac-12 north we've got washington who was ranked 20th they were the last pac-12 team to make the cfp they went three and one last year they played four games oregon is 11th they finished second in the division last year but because washington had COVID issues oregon got to play in the pac-12 championship game and they won the conference without winning their division how about that i mean that's pretty insane Both those teams are definitely the top two in the North. And they have to face each other on November 6th. That'll be the biggest game. For Stanford, they won their last four games. They beat UCLA in double overtime. But they've got a lot of inexperience. And times are going to be tough for Stanford this fall. Oregon State, however. Watch out for Oregon State if they can find some rhythm 
on offense. That might be interesting for Cal, though. California and Washington State, the bottom two teams in the Pac-12 North, they're going to have some issues. They're kind of sliding. Cal has not been good since, what was it, Aaron Rodgers was their quarterback. It's been a little rough for Cal and Washington State. The transition from Mike Leach, who was their head coach, to Nick Rolovich, who's now their head coach. It seems smooth on offense, but the defense is pretty bad. It's been rough. They're going to have some transfers brought in, but Washington State's probably going to be at the bottom of the North again. That's the North. In the Pac-12 South, we've got USC, who's ranked 15th in the poll. Clay Helton, their head coach, is finally looking to break through. They did last year. They went 5-1. and one. They went to the Pac-12 championship game. That's where their only loss of the season was. They went 5-1. and one. They only played six games. In the Pac-12, they barely played any games. Uh, COVID, Rona. Here we go! And their schedule doesn't look nearly as bad with their first preseason ranked opponent coming October 9th against Utah. They go on the road, though, to face Notre Dame and Arizona State. But this should be USC's division to lose. They've got the talent. If they can step up to the plate. Fight me. But Colorado last year, they went 4-2. and two. They only lost to Utah and Texas. If Colorado can get it going, they probably won't. There is an improvement in talent, though. Disrespectful! But it probably not going to show on the record. They've got to play Texas A&M in week two. Texas A&M is sixth in the bowl. That's going to be rough for Colorado. Utah is 24th in the preseason poll. They had 11 wins in 2019, but they fell back to earth. They only went 3-2 and two last year, but their biggest game is definitely in LA against USC. If they get a big result against Arizona State, Oregon, UCLA, they've got to play those games, they could be primed for a big run. For Arizona State, they're ranked 25th. It's year three for Herm Edwards, who's their head coach, but they've got NCAA investigations going around. Ugh. Evil! They might, they're probably going to be successful on the field. They had a Breakout star last year in quarterback Jaden Daniels. We'll see from them. But it's year four for Chip Kelly, <laughs> head coach at UCLA. And this might be the breaker break year. They haven't done so well. And in week two, they have to host LSU. That could be the Baker break game right there. If they can beat LSU, who's not as good this year, things might be turning at UCLA. But if not, might be time to go for Chip Kelly. It's the truth. For Arizona, however, they lost... All their games last year. They won zero games last year. It was rough. They had to get rid of their head coach. Jed Fish is now their new head coach. They've got to improve things. And there's going to be signs of improvement. But don't expect much. Maybe a game or two for Arizona. But it's going to be rough. And that's the Pac-12. So. Here comes the fact. For the Pac-12. In the north. It looks like a two-man race. But I think Washington is going to pull it out. In the South, though, things look a little more clear-cut. It's going to be USC. And in the Pac-12 championship game, Washington and USC, I've actually got Washington. How about that? The Huskies! Washington won't make the playoff, but, I mean, they'll win the Pac-12. So, another playoff-less year for the Pac-12. It'll be rough. And finally, the last conference we've got, thank goodness, is the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, the ever-expanding and ever-dominant, because they've got... Texas and Oklahoma coming in a few years. But despite that, they've got five teams in the top 25, three in the top six, and let's start with the SEC East. Last year, Florida, who's 13th at the poll this year, took the SEC East crown from Georgia for the first time since 2016. But Florida's losing a lot. Georgia is not. Georgia is also at the top of the poll. This year is the chance to reclaim the East. 
Those two meet up, of course, in Jacksonville. Florida's got to play Alabama at home week three. But Georgia's big team, I mean, their only game where they're not projected to be favored in is week one against Clemson. They're favored to beat Florida. So we'll see how those two teams go. But for Missouri last year, they went 500 in a schedule that was a lot tougher than what they could see this year. Even though they faced Boston College late in September, they big boys don't show up late. They do face Texas A&M and Florida, and they have to go to Georgia. Their head coach was Eliah Drinkwitz. It's his second year now. We'll see about things in Missouri. But for Kentucky, it's definitely been a successful story for Mark Stoops, the head coach. At Kentucky, they have been rolling. They've been improving every year except for last year when they had the COVID decrease. It was a COVID year. It doesn't matter. But they've got a grueling back-to-back-to-back in October. They've got Florida, LSU, and then at Georgia. It's kind of rough. And their non-conference is simple, but they do finish with Louisville in Louisville. So we'll see. It's probably not going to be fun to watch Kentucky. I find your lack of fate disturbing. But they might win one or two more games than they did last year because they won five games last year a new coach is in knoxville at tennessee they've got josh heupel who was ucf's coach but they're it's a total revamp in knoxville i mean it's transfer galore a lot of players are gone they don't know who the quarterback's gonna be they welcome pitt in week two georgia in november but they have to go to gainesville tuscaloosa it's not the roughest schedule but there's a ton of inexperienced Tennessee is going to have issues. You hate to see it. For South Carolina, they've got a new head coach too. Shane Beamer. Yes, son of Frank. Shane Beamer is their new head coach in South Carolina. But, I mean, they've got some experience. They've got a quarterback, Luke Doty, who played last year. He's a former top in-state recruit. But they've got road tests at Georgia, A&M. They've got to play Kentucky, Florida, Auburn, and, of course, Clemson. They're going to give them fits. So they'll probably win more than two games this year. They won two games last year, but it's probably going to take a while for Beamer Ball to pan out. Beamer Ball in Columbia, South Carolina. And finally, Vanderbilt. Yes, they won zero games last year. They've got a new head coach, Clark Lee. They might. They have two winnable games, though. UConn and East Tennessee State. So uh, they might win a game. Morning, morning. Vanderbilt's just the best, though. That's the SEC East. In the West, you've got Alabama. Of course, they just won the national championship. They're going to try to do it again. They face Miami in week one. They'll probably get over that. They do face Florida in week three. They have to go to A&M and Auburn, but they do face LSU at home. And they could slip up early, but they are just reloading talent. I mean, Bryce Young's their quarterback this year, the first million-dollar player in college football. Whoa. They're rolling. The tide should continue to roll. Roll tide, I think. A&M, as I said, is sixth in the poll. They finally showed last year their progress under head coach Jimbo Fisher, but they've got some turnover, especially at quarterback. Kellen Mond is not there anymore, but they start the schedule off easy until they have to face Alabama on October 9th, and the only other preseason-ranked team they face is LSU, who I don't think highly of LSU this year, and with that type of schedule, they've got a chance. It's a team capable of winning the conference with the talent. If they can, the big game is Alabama. If they can get past Alabama... They'll probably win the division, but I don't think they will. And last year for Auburn, they went six and five. It took out their coach. Gus Malzahn's gone. Brian Harson's their new head coach from Boise State, and they are kind of a mess. The offense has not met expectations. The defense, uh, it was one of the country's best defenses two years ago, but they got to bring in a lot of transfers to help that out. 
and they've got to go to Penn State, as well as LSU and Texas A&M, and they have home games against Georgia and Alabama. They're, that team's going to be looking for some identity, but they've got a schedule that's one of the toughest in the country. It's going to be rough. That was dumb. For Auburn. And we talked about LSU. They won the championship back in 2019. They had a major drop-off last year. They've got new coordinators coming in, and it's going to be a year of learning. And LSU... I don't know why they're ranked 19th. They shouldn't be. They're probably not going to be that good this year. Ole Miss, however, should be better. They went 500 last year in Lane Kiffin's first year as head coach. They should probably be better because their quarterback, Matt Corral, ranked third in FBS total QBR last year. They returned eight other starters. Another fact. They should be rolling on offense. Defense is going to have to improve, though. They do face Louisville at the beginning of the year, and they also face Alabama on the road, and they get to host LSU and Texas A&M. They've got a couple of opportunities. They can make a splash. Bold move there. For Arkansas, it was the second year for Sam Pittman, and then it was the second year for Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Both of those teams, uh, they performed. Mississippi State had some great offensive showings. They've got the air raid, but, I mean, it's manageable for them. They've got to go to Texas A&M, but they host LSU, Alabama, and Ole Miss on Thanksgiving. They won four games last year. I'd expect more than four games, hopefully, this year. Arkansas has to host Texas in Week 2 and A&M in Auburn, but they have to go to Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. Arkansas, probably not going to see any jump this year. The schedule is just way too hard. That's the SEC. And, finally, the facts for the SEC. Attention! In the East, it's that two-way race between Georgia and Florida. Georgia's the more experience this year they're going to end up on top and in the west alabama if texas a&m can beat alabama in that game a&m could win the division i don't think they will it's going to be alabama because alabama is just loaded it's insane and the sec championship is going to be a rematch of 2018 when alabama only won by a touchdown but alabama's going to win it this year sadly alabama is going to reign supreme and the SEC. So that's the five conferences, but what other teams could make some noise outside of that? Because Notre Dame we didn't talk about. Notre Dame's an independent again this year. Ew! And they're probably going to take a step back this year. They have to replace their starting quarterback, their top two receivers, four of their top O-linemen, and stars at defensive end, linebacker, and in the secondary. Man, that was rough. Gonna kind of be a mess. And they could be surprised early when they face Florida State in week one. They also have to face Wisconsin and Cincinnati in back-to-back weeks, ranked teams before they head to Blacksburg for Virginia Tech. Then they have to head home to face UNC and then UNC in back-to-back weeks. It's going to be rough. Notre Dame, they're ranked right now, but at some point I don't think they're going to be ranked because they've got one of the toughest schedules in the country. Also ranked in the Sun Belt are Coastal Carolina and Louisiana. They were fun fun to watch last year. We'll see about this year. And then the undisputed top dog in the group of five is the eighth-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. Last year, they finished ranked eighth, and they got a 9-1 and record. And now they'll try to back it up. Their quarterback returns Desmond Ritter, and they've got confidence. The defense, I mean, they're already really good, too. They do have great games to show their worth. They play Indiana and Notre Dame on the road. And the only true conference game that's going to give them trouble is probably UCF. So if they can roll through their schedule, Cincinnati might get a look at the college football playoff. Oh, group of five. It doesn't make any sense. We'll see. But now let's go to the college football playoff because we're all done with the season previews. Now let's get to the final predictions. College football playoff. So to go back, 
I picked Clemson to win the ACC, Iowa State to win the Big 12, Ohio State to win the Big 10, Washington in the Pac-12, and Alabama in the SEC. So let's decide who's going to make the Final Four and the college football playoff. I think those two slots are going to be super easy. The first two slots. Alabama one, Clemson two. Whoa. Disagree. I don't give a crap because I think they'll probably just roll through their schedules. Even though Alabama's a lot tougher than Clemson, Clemson's got that Georgia game. We'll see. Ohio State's probably going to get that third spot. They're far and away the most talented team in the Big Ten. They should probably have an easy time in there. At four, I think... Tell me, tell me! That it'll be a team for the Big 12. Oklahoma? Nope. It's going to be Iowa State. How about that? The Cyclones are going to become the first team in the Big 12, other than Oklahoma, to reach the college football playoff. And they're going to have a chance at their first ever college football national championship game. That's cool. But if they're four, they'd play Alabama, who I think is going to be one in the semifinal, and Alabama's going to crush them. Sorry, but (laughs) I mean, it's going to happen. It's Alabama. So then, the other semifinal game would be Clemson and Ohio State. They played last year in the semifinal. They'll play again this year. And I think Clemson's going to win that game. They'll get revenge, and they'll get a turn at the championship game. So it'll be, once again, in the national championship game, Alabama and Clemson. Oh, yay. Alabama and Clemson. Well, that's a big fact. Both teams bring in their new starting quarterbacks this year. That'll be interesting. They've got questions to sort out early, but they'll be playing their best football at that point. And in the end, it'll be the winners of the 2022, at that time, College Football Playoff National Championship game. Here it comes! For the second straight year of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I know! I don't want it to happen. But that's a Zaders fact prediction. It's going to happen. Alabama's going to win the National Championship game for the seventh time under Nick Saban and have its 19th recognized college football national championship. Ugh. That was terrible. Terrible. That's what we've got. That's this week's Zaders Facts podcast. We just went all college football on you. Now you know what's going to happen. I told you what's going to happen for all the Power 5 conference teams, plus the group of fives that matter, the three of those, and Notre Dame, all those, what's going to happen, college football playoff. All that stuff's going to happen. There's your college football preview. Sanders Facts. Week 0 starts this Saturday. Let's get rolling. Week 1 is next week. Next week, we've got college football. Big college football. And it's going to be awesome. Labor Day weekend. That's it. I mean, that's all we've got for you this week on Sanders Facts. That's part 1 of our football season previews. And part 2 comes next week. Hold on. The NFL is next week. We're going to talk pro football. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Sanders Facts is going to tell you that and how all the other teams are going to do as well. That's episode 31 next week. And that's all we've got for you this week. Sanders Facts, episode 30. Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you like the Sanders Facts podcast, if you want to support Sanders Facts podcast and all the facts that we just spewed, just rambled about for however long, Remember, click that follow button, download, rate, and review. Follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Xander's Facts Podcast, and most importantly, spread the facts. Tell all your friends Alabama's going to win the championship, even though, ugh, that'd be awful. They probably are. But that's what's going to happen, Xander's Facts. Thank you all for listening. That's a wrap on episode 30, the big 3-0 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on next week.
Enlightening the masses.